Generating traffic and sales can be a challenge for online merchants. But selling on the Walmart marketplace puts your products in front of millions of customers who shop on walmart.com. And right now, sellers who join Walmart Marketplace can save up to 50% on referral and fulfillment fees for the first 90 days. So get started today. Head over to marketplace.walmart.com savings. That's marketplace.walmart.com savings. Welcome to E-Commerce Conversations, a weekly podcast focusing on e-commerce topics featuring interviews with prominent people in the e-commerce space. Welcome to E-Commerce Conversations by Practical E-Commerce. I'm Kerry Murdoch. The technology exists for e-commerce merchants to track where their visitors live. Digital Element is a firm that provides this geo-tracking service and it allows merchants to change their home page and other landing pages based, for example, on whether a visitor lives in Alaska or Florida. The technology behind this service is IP addresses. Every computer on the internet has an IP address and in this follow-up interview, we asked Digital Element co-founder and executive vice president Rob Friedman, what exactly is an IP address? Well, Rob, thank you for your time. Thank you, Kerry. Good talking with you again. Rob, our first interview was interesting about your geo-tracking technology that Digital Element, your firm, provides. It created other questions that we have for you on IP addresses generally the technology behind your services and our first question is the IP addresses you use IP addresses to track uh, geographical locations but tell us what is an IP address uh, that's a good question because I don't think a lot of folks um, understand they hear the term but they don't really understand what an IP address is um, but an IP address is one of the key building blocks to the core of the internet um, so it's, it's basically a number identifier for every device that's connected on the internet. Um, kind of in strict terms, it doesn't really identify a user per se, but instead it identifies a piece of equipment that the user uses um, in order to gain access to the internet. So every piece of equipment that is attached to the internet has an IP address, and it's really critical to how the internet works. Uh, without IP addresses, uh, packets couldn't get routed to users, so users couldn't actually see a website. Um, you can kind of think of it a little analogous to a, a phone number um, that everybody's very familiar with. Uh, the phone number is used to route traffic in phone systems. IP addresses are used to route traffic on the Internet. But there's some pretty big differences. The phone numbers generally, you, know, you can keep the same phone number for, for years and years. Um, for what IP addresses, they're generally dynamic to a user so that they may change from session to session or over a period of time. You're not guaranteed to have the same IP address each time you log on to the internet. And I mean, I could venture to say most folks don't even know what their IP address is. Um, they obviously know what their phone number is. Um, another thing, you can't contact a person using an IP address. You obviously can with a phone number. You can't email someone um, based on their IP address because obviously they change from time to time. And the other main difference is phone numbers. I mean, if you look at them, they have, you have an area code. 
you know geographically where someone is based on the the area code. But with IP addresses, it's not quite that easy. There's no geographic component to an IP address naturally. Um, so it, it, you can't just look at it and say, oh, that IP address is in this location. Who assigns IP addresses? Um, IP addresses are assigned in two different ways. There's, there's registries that, uh, there's ARIN or APNICs, big entities that assign blocks of IP addresses to companies or ISPs. Um, and then those companies or ISPs take that block of IP addresses and assign, and assign a specific IP address to different pieces of equipment they own so that when you log into an, an ISP, you'd say it's a dial-up pop or a, uh, a cable ISP's uh, CMTS, you're assigned an IP address at that point um, that the ISP owns, that the ISP got from one of the registries. ISP being internet service. Internet. Yep. Got it. All right. Uh, tell us how can you tell where a user lives based on his or her IP address? Now that's the magic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is where that's all the, the hard big work question. comes in. Yeah. Um, all right. We. Uh, I mentioned before, IP addresses don't have a geographic component, unlike phone numbers. And there's no yellow pages or white pages like there are with, with phone numbers. And to complicate it even further, there's over 4 billion IP addresses um, in the IPv4 space, which is a space that's mostly currently being used. So there's lots of them. So we had to come up with a purely technical solution to figuring out where IP addresses were. Um, using our technology, we can figure out where routers are on the Internet, um, what the speed is between those routers, where end pieces of equipment are on the Internet, really doing a lot of Internet plumbing analysis, and from that, figuring out where IP addresses seem to be coming from. It's really a, a very educated guess. Um, and the new thing that we've added is, is NetAcuity Edge, which actually takes some user-supplied information tied to a partial IP address, and using that, we can actually go from the outside in. Our traditional techniques are more of the inside plumbing of the Internet out, but this is more from the outside in, to really drill down even further to where an IP address is located, down to basically a zip code level. If I have a laptop, Rob, and I access the Internet, say, from my office, and then say I travel, I go out of state. Does my IP address stay, uh, change? Um, it does in most cases. Um, the IP address that you're using is generally different if you log in from, say, a, a, a hotel, because what IP addresses, where IP addresses are assigned are kind of where you enter the Internet from. So from the hotel system, you would get a different IP address than from your office. However, if you say VPN in to your, to your office, um, we couldn't necessarily tell where you were coming from. It would look like you were coming from your office if you were at your hotel and VPN'd in because we generally can tell where you entered the Internet from, but we don't get into private networks and, and try to, to uh, drill down into that. It's just not technically feasible, nor is it something that we would do. It seems to me, as an uh, observer, <laughs> it seems to me like there are potential confidentiality issues with tracking IP addresses or geo-tracking IP addresses. I, I can't quite articulate why I feel that way. <laughs> but to be able to tell where a user lives from an IP address strikes me as a step away from being able to know 
what an IP, IP address is doing on the web generally. <laughs> right. Is that true? Um, well, I, I understand your concern, um, mm -hmm. but using IP addresses, we generally can get down to a zip code level, so not even where somebody is. We don't know it's you. Um, it's kind of like a, a dumbed-down version of caller ID where you just get Atlanta, Georgia, or some zip code, but we don't get the person's name in that. So, uh, And the other thing, we don't share IP addresses that come to us with other customers. Basically, every customer gets a, a replicate version of our database at their site. So they look up an IP address there, return a location information, um, and, do, and do whatever they want to do with that information. Um, so actually, when we came about, our company, we were, were still, we were very concerned, and we're still very concerned with, with privacy. Ten years ago, we started the business uh, because people were relying on cookie-type information, which is basically tracking you across the web, trying to get information that you've typed into forms and things like that, and getting very detailed information about you. And we were like, you know, there's got to be a way to help websites communicate with users better without scaring the users off the Internet. We want to get users access to information quicker, um, but in a way that doesn't make users scared that they're going to be tracked or followed. And luckily with IP addresses being dynamic um, and really not representing a user per se, the, the concern um, with IP addresses is, is very, very minimal. So if your company, Rob, Digital Element, so you have 10 customers that sell uh, 10 separate products. Do you track if a single IP address has gone to, say, eight of those 10 customers? Do you draw inferences from what that user's interests are based on that? Uh, we don't do that, um, and, and we actually don't have the technical means to do that because what happens is when a, when a customer gets set up with our database, uh, they download some software onto a, a box at their place. They get a set of APIs to communicate with that box. So that customer knows what IP address are coming to its site, but we don't get – it doesn't just then get fed back to us. Um, all of it's done at that customer's site. So we don't have access to what IP addresses that they're seeing or what pages that IP address has, has surfed. Our listeners, of course, as you know, Rob, are mainly e-commerce merchants. Anything else on your mind for them today regarding IP addresses or anything else on your mind? Yeah, the thing that jumped out at me is um, when, when you mentioned you wanted to have a follow-up on IP addresses specifically, I think a lot of people don't really understand how powerful IP addresses can be to their, to their businesses. It's really an untapped resource. Um, it, it's great to have podcasts like this to help get the word out. You know, in the real world, if you're opening up a store, location is one of the most important things that you look at when you're opening a store. You look at um, where you're, where you're going to open it, how you're going to stock the shelves, what kind of clerks you're going to have there, how are you going to price things, and that, that all varies based on the location. You wouldn't open up a store in New York without looking at the location to determine how, how you're going to stock your shelves and what type of products you're going to put there, or you'd risk not getting enough sales. Um, you wouldn't open up in a store in Japan and price everything in dollars and have all your signs written in English and have clerks that only speak in English, because that would be crazy. Um, but yet, online, people do that. People open up one-size-fits-all stores. They make the users or visitors to their site do all the work to find relevant products instead of showing it instantly based on this IP information. 
kind of a bad uh, bad customer relations, I would say. I mean, people don't change when they go online. You're the same person that visited your store in the real world is visiting it online. Why aren't you treating them the same way? Why, can, why don't you show stuff that might, might be more interesting to them instead of just showing the same generic storefront? It's kind of like just business common sense to me. That makes sense. Well, for purposes of our listeners, Rob's firm is Digital Element, and the website is digitalelement.com. That firm provides geo-trafficking services, among other services. And Rob Friedman, the co-founder and executive vice president of Digital Element, we want to thank you for your time today, sir. all the time we have for this week's e-commerce conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. Please tune in next week for another new episode.